0: Do you believe in the concept of a must-win game? It's pretty much a staple of NFL pregame shows and talk radio, internet conversations everywhere. Declaring a game as a must-win is a quick and easy way to bring a little added significance and narrative to a game that might not otherwise have an obvious hook. Few must-win games are really must-win, though, unless you're in the playoffs or in danger of being mathematically eliminated from the playoffs there's a chance that even if you lose a supposed must-win game, you can make up that lost ground. But sometimes losing ground can be so dangerous that even if a loss doesn't really take you out of contention or end your season, you're all but doomed anyway. In that sense, must-win games can sort of be real. And if that's the case, this week's Packers game is pretty much a must-win. At 2-2-1, two, two and one, the margin for the Packers is already pretty thin. Ten wins is generally considered to be a pretty good baseline expectation for making the playoffs. Sometimes you get in with nine. Sometimes you can get in with eight. It's not unheard of for it to be mathematically possible to get in at seven and nine. But ten wins is generally what people expect. And with a record as it is in Green Bay, the Packers have to go no worse than eight and three the rest of the way to get to ten. With a tough middle portion of their schedule coming up, the Packers really can't afford to drop any games, especially a very winnable one against an opponent in a bit of a tough spot. So this may not be a mathematical must-win, but it's one of those, let's call them rhetorical must-wins. The wins that everybody's talking about as a game you have to win for reasons of significance rather than requirement. This has got to be one of the earlier times in recent Packers history that the Packers have faced the rhetorical must-win situation. Last year, they only had one must-win game. It was against the Panthers, and Aaron Rodgers first came back from his broken collarbone. They didn't win, and the season was pretty much over. In 2016, thanks to their run-the-table stretch, the Packers had kind of a slew of must-win games, culminating with a real one in the de facto NFC North title game in Week 17, There's a real regular season must-win game. 2015 really didn't feature a true must-win game until the playoffs, where the Packers won one must-win game, then lost one, and their season ended. Same story for 2014. 2013 ended with another must-win with Aaron Rodgers coming off a collarbone injury. He connected with Randall Cobb to win that particular must-win game over the Bears. Not that you needed reminding, but it's always worth mentioning. Then we get to 2012. There wasn't a true must win game in that season till late in the year. But at the start of the year, there was a very similar rhetorical must win game. As we pointed out at the conclusion of Wednesday's podcast, there are a lot of similarities between 2012 and 2018. In both seasons, a mistake early in the year by the referees cost the Packers a win. In both seasons, the Packers lost a winnable game on the road in a dome to a team that wears blue in week five. Think about that. And in both seasons, the Packers had a must-win game in week six in primetime. In 2012, that was a Sunday night matchup against the Texans in Houston. Aaron Rodgers went ballistic with six touchdown passes and a one-word message for the people that didn't believe in the Packers. Shh. This week, the Packers have a chance to get back on their feet with a primetime win again. And again, the Packers need Aaron Rodgers to provide some answers. But based on how this season is going, he'll have a lot more than one word to say if this one goes the Packers' way. Blue 58! Hello, and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, taking an exciting look, hopefully, at another Packers' regular season must win game. This one doesn't happen until Monday, but we're giving you the preview on Friday just so you can savor it over the weekend and build up a little anticipation. Here are five things to think about during Monday's game. Number one, the 49ers season changed completely when Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL in week three. They're no longer postseason contenders, and so the 49ers have had to rely on backup C.J. Bethard to execute their offense. When he hasn't put up stats like Garoppolo, he's largely been adequate at times, If that's not damning with faint praise, I don't know what is. And the 49ers offense isn't actually completely different than it was under their preferred starter. In fact, NFL analyst Brian Baldinger thinks their offense is just as good as it was when Garoppolo was running the show. I'm not sure if I'm completely convinced there, but he does present some compelling evidence. You can look for defensive coordinator Mike Pettin, then, to do whatever he can do to disrupt the second-year quarterback the 49ers are rolling out. Number two, last week, the Packers ran the ball just 17 times, but when they did, they did well. They gained, on average, 5.9 yards per carry. The last time Mike McCarthy's offense ran the ball that few times was an October 2015 home win against the then San Diego Chargers. Green Bay is eighth in the league in yards per rush this season and are one of just four teams with three different running backs who have rushed for at least 85 yards. So, some silver linings to the running back rotation. Number three, Lambeau Field may be known as the frozen tundra, but the autumn winds have been just as menacing for visiting teams. The Packers have won 14 of their last 17 home games in the month of October, but only have done so once in their last three tries. And interestingly, despite that frozen tundra reputation, the Packers actually haven't played that many terribly cold games at Lambeau Field in the month of October. In fact, since 1964, the Packers have only played 13 games in the state of Wisconsin where the kickoff temperature was under 40 degrees for an October game. They've actually never played an October home game with a kick temperature below freezing. The forecast for Monday says the kickoff temperature will be right around 40 degrees, pretty much perfect football weather. Number four, the Packers have scored 20-plus points in each of their last 10 regular season home games against San Francisco. The last time they didn't reach that 20-point plateau was in a 23-12 loss in December of 1987 when the Packers' offense was led by Randy Wright's pre-interception at quarterback in a stellar 31.5 Passer rating. Number five, when Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback, the Packers are 14 5 against NFC West teams. Rodgers has thrown 37 touchdowns against just nine interceptions against the NFC West. That's a good time passer rating of 105.1. It's the highest passer rating for any quarterback since 2008 who has been thrown or has thrown a minimum of 100 attempts against NFC West teams. Mike McCarthy. Meanwhile, has uh, coached his teams to a 7-5 and five record in the week before a bye, not as great as you'd like. With Aaron Rodgers starting the week before a bye, the Packers are 5-3. and three. Two of the three losses came in primetime, Monday Night Football in 2009 against Brett Favre Vikings, still weird to say, in the Metrodome, and on Sunday Night Football in 2014 on the road in New Orleans, an ugly game if there ever was one. Who could be an X-factor for the Packers this week? Well, it may be a little bit surprising to hear his name in this context after he had such a good game last week, but Devontae Adams could be pivotal for the Packers' passing success this week in a bit of an unexpected way. Though he's not really struggled to get open against anybody so far this season, the 49ers present a bit of a unique challenge. Their overall defense isn't phenomenal. But led by former Seattle Seahawks cornerback Richard Sherman, they've ranked eighth in the NFL in their defense against number one receivers, according to Football Outsiders. Adams will be, need to be on his A game to continue his success so far this season. If anybody, though, can help take the edge off of Adams, it might be Jimmy Graham. The 49ers are ranked just 24th in defending tight ends, again, according to Football Outsiders. What happened the last time the Packers and the 49ers play? Well, you know how sometimes in sports a rivalry carries on for years at a high level with both sides sustaining their vigor and vitality game after game and season after season? Well, the Packers and 49ers are not that way. For a few years there not too long ago, the two sides had a legitimate fairly heated rivalry, albeit one that was more or less dominated by the 49ers, especially in the playoffs. From 2012 through 2014, though, there's almost no team I'd have rather beaten than the 49ers. Maybe the Seahawks, maybe the Vikings, but the 49ers were right up there. But in 2015, that fire had diminished somewhat, and it showed on the field when the Packers played that year. The 49ers had petered out. Jim Harbaugh was gone. Jim Tomsula, the under- underqualified replacement, was there. The Packers, meanwhile, were already laboring on offense in what would be a long, difficult 2015 season. So when they met in week four, the two teams played in San Francisco, and the result really couldn't have been more underwhelming. On the 49ers' side, Colin Kaepernick was no longer capable or equipped to terrorize the Packers. He threw for just 160 yards on 25 attempts, Tossed a pick in there for good measure. Anquan Bolden, meanwhile, who'd been unstoppable against the Packers just two seasons prior, managed just 12 yards on three catches. On the Packers' side, things were disjointed and uninteresting. Aaron Rodgers managed an uninspiring 224 yards. The heavier Eddie Lacy ran for 90 yards on 18 carries. James Starks added another 28 on nine attempts. Even just reading these stats, the game just sounds boring and dull. And it was. Packers came out victorious 17-3. So who's going to win? Well, if there's one thing I think Mike McCarthy seems to do fairly well, it's getting his team ready to play for a high-pressure regular season primetime game. The aforementioned Texans game in 2012 and the 2014 win over the Patriots are two pretty good examples. Now, we haven't really seen a complete effort from the Packers yet, but with Monday Night Football coming to Lambeau Field and an underwhelming 49ers team coming to town along with them... This seems like a good opportunity to put together a start-to-finish effort. I think the Packers are going to do it. Give me Green Bay 31, San Francisco 13. What do you think? Well, let's take a look at our survey for this week. Who's going to win? 83% of respondents in our online poll this week rated their confidence at a 3 or higher that the Packers would win this week. That's the third highest margin so far this season. Mike McCarthy's approval ratings went up a little bit last week. They are back down in a big way this week. 81% of voters found themselves feeling somewhat or very negative about the Packers head coach. That is his highest mark there uh, so far this year. But we asked how many people would feel comfortable firing the coach right now. 67% of voters said no, they would not fire him right now. Aaron Rodgers, meanwhile, is getting some mixed results. For the first time this season, nobody who responded to our poll said they felt very positive about his play so far this year. In fact, it largely reflected the narrative this this week that his play has been a little bit mixed. In fact, the reception has been very mixed as well. 48% of voters said they felt somewhat positive about Rodgers' play so far this year, but 48% also felt Somewhat negative about it. A near even split. When you throw 4% who feel very negative in there, it gets a little bit on the interesting side. Finally, people are down on the Packers' playoff chances. 55% of voters rated their confidence in making the playoffs at a two or lower out of four. That is down considerably over where it's been the past couple weeks. One last thought. We're going to talk uniforms again brace yourself. Last week, I spent a couple minutes complaining about the Lions' gray alternates. This week, we have to swing back to positive. If you are someone who is at all interested in the classic sort of nostalgic feel for NFL uniforms, this week is about as good as it gets. You've got the Packers at home in their classic green uniforms and the redesigned San Francisco 49ers coming to town in their white tops, their I guess khaki colored pants, quasi gold pants, the red stripes, the gold helmets. Mm, It's about as good as it's going to get. It looks like fall. It's going to feel like fall. It's just football the way it's supposed to look at Lambeau Field. What else could you ask for? Well, I'm going to ask for a Packers win. I hope you will be too. I'm assuming you will be too because this is a Packers podcast and that's probably why you're listening. Will it happen? Well, we'll stay up Monday night uh, pretty late for a podcast recording and bring you our feelings on whatever happens Tuesday morning. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you after, hopefully, another Packers win.